keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Wrestle Roast. Uh, I'm Mike Lawrence. We've got Scott Chaplin and Robert Karpolis with us. Uh, Dan cannot be here due to uh, some family medical stuff. We wish him the best. Um, but we're going to soldier on and do the show without him because that's what WWE would do. Uh, <laughs> they would do the show and still dock him his pay. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we, we're going to roast Randy Orton. We are going to talk full gear. Uh, we're going to talk dynamite. We're going to draft our Survivor Series teams, Twitter questions, and uh, the uh, tournament, We Hate Ourselves. So, yeah, it's a, a stacked fucking show um if you want to just say your high spot low spot now in less than a sentence by all means no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know we got some good stuff coming up next week we have a, a best of patreon we're gonna replay we'll have some new content up top but then we're gonna replay our teddy Hart and, and cm punk roast for for everybody our gift to you cheap pieces of shit <laughs> Yeah, I didn't agree to this. Screw these people, man. Yeah, and if you if you do if you do like it, pay the five bucks uh, or the ten bucks for the something of sports entertainment. Yeah, you know what they won't get? I I think that that Patreon we did this Saturday was one of my favorites, and it was just talking about an MLW show that Robert produced. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. Whenever we cover a show that Robert produced, Robert has an insane trauma-based memory of everything he's ever done, and. I mean, if you want to know how a wrestling shows put together, how the sausage is made, uh, it's a great episode. But Where on the doll they touched me. That's yeah. what you find out on the Patreon. <laughs> but like Mostly. if people asking that also were mocking you the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> but let's get right into it. And uh, today we are roasting the Viper himself, Randall Keith Orton. Uh, I figured, I don't know, man, in, in the way that like, I think of SummerSlam. I think of John Cena. I think of Survivor Series. Like, I don't know. Randy Orton is just a November wrestler to me. Because <laughs> he's the color uh, of fall leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and and not the most important thing. Um, but <laughs> but no, this is this will be fun. Um, let's do bright side. Robert, you go first. And 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 if you have any personal experience working with him, by all means share that too. I do, but I can't share that in the bright side. Um, nah, he, uh, Randy's the most complete wrestler that there is out there. Uh, he's the best wrestler of the last 15 years or so. And when Jim Ross says that, everybody gets mad at him. Like, what about Kenny Omega? It's like, yes, Kenny Omega is fantastic. 
Randy Orton's the most complete wrestler there is out there. He's a guy that can wrestle the main event style in WWE when they need him to do that. When you put him in there with somebody who can step it up a gear, he over delivers for them. He's name good names, Robert. What? <laughs> name names. His, who his, does he step it up with? <laughs> there's plenty. When he's motivated, he steps it up and it's entertaining as hell. That, that think back that WrestleMania match with Rollins was absolutely fantastic. Because he, he had the world's greatest wrestling match with Edge last year. He did, <laughs> and it just ended about four minutes ago. Uh, it was great. He look, he had a, he had a he was an all-time opponent for Cena. He had the great match with Rollins. He had a great feud with Taker when he was early in his career and he was the legend killer. He he stepped up when they put him in there with Foley and he worked well with Sean and with Flair. He even had a pretty good match with Hogan. Uh, his team with Edge when they were rated RKO was, was underrated and a lot of fun. His current team with Riddle is a lot of fun. He's a guy who does the serious wrestling stuff well, but when he's funny, he's sneakily very, very funny. And he's the only person that WWE has that they can just heat him up immediately and the audience absolutely loves him. I mean, even this past week on Raw, he was the most over guy on the show. He's the only person that got a genuine reaction, whereas everybody else kind of got polite applause. Part of it is he earned it over the course of his career, and part of it is because he's still ridiculously entertaining when he wants to be. Can he step it, you know, pick his foot off the brake for a while or gas for a while? Absolutely. But when he's motivated and he cares and he's into it, there's there's nobody better. And that's why most people, including a uh, guy who used to have valid opinions, Ric Flair, uh, thinks that he's, you know, the greatest of all time. Wow. What do you think, Scotty? Um, I think guys like Ric Flair call him the greatest of all time because they know their matches are more entertaining than his. Um, and so there's, there's no actual intimidation. Uh, I think Randy Orton is the coolest wrestler ever. I think he somehow has pulled off when he was young and there was all those dickhead moments. I never cared because he was cool to me. I was a huge mark when he was the legend killer. That Foley match is one of my all-time favorite personal matches in terms of when I sat there and watched it. I was an absolute Orton fanatic uh, and I wanted him to be on top. Uh, he was great for a few years. I think he will go down as the greatest wrestler who didn't care about wrestling, yeah. but he's not the best. There's guys who give a shit and have, and do way better than Randy Orton uh, weekly. Uh, but for a guy who doesn't give a fuck, he is the highest paid man to not give a fuck. Well, no, that's Brock Lesnar. He is, <laughs> uh, but he's the coolest. I think he's cooler than Lesnar. Yeah, I, I think um, he's damn good. I mean, my God, he's great. He's one of the greatest. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, in some ways, it's like it's like Nicolas Cage, right? Like Nicolas Cage is as good as the movies he's in. And when he's bad, it's because it's a bad movie. And when he's fucking great, it's because you love the movie. And he, and he, and he, you know, he'll do what you tell him to for money because uh, he always needs it. <laughs> and I mean, but it's also, it's like, I respect that. Like, to me, it's like, we don't talk enough about the professional and professional wrestler, you know, the guy like, yeah, this is a business. This is an, you know, it, it's an art too, but it's like, no, it's the fucking circus. It's get people to buy tickets and um, 
you know, like I remember he, he stuck out to me first when, you know, he did the RNN stuff and that was fun where he like, he was injured, but he stayed on TV. And I don't know if that was his idea or someone else's, but it was a, a brilliant way of like, Oh, this guy's still here. And you know, when he was in evolution, that made sense. I mean, I, I feel like they kind of gave him the title a little early just to spite Brock Lesnar leaving and saying that he's now the youngest champion ever. But that's still, it's still fucking impressive to be champion at the age of 24, uh, you know, to get the strap. And I think, dude, yeah, it's he's amazing because he is in some real shit. And you're always just like, he's always like smirking. It's like, he knows that you know, you know, and you never, you never blame him for it. It's like, you look at the, 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 the feud with Bray Wyatt, it might be one of the worst feuds in the last 10 years, just in terms of the matches and segments it produced. And he would probably tell you that before you got to say it, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, did you have to fucking wrestle with the bugs and then the, was it the the fun house and all this like really dumb shit? I mean, he did the he did a segment. Was it last year? Which is, is one of the the funniest fucking cartoon segments where he goes into the room full of legends with the X ray goggles. Yes, and beats them up. You mean the current AEW roster? Night yeah, that goggles. was great. Yeah, yeah oh, but it's, you know it's like but you need guys like that. Yeah, all right, whatever. I'll fucking do, yep, give me the goggles. You know, and the the edge stuff. It's like, and it was amazing. Like, I think more than most people, he was a fantastic um, pandemic era wrestler because he often wrestles as if there isn't a crowd there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like kind of perfect. I mean, I remember what was, like, you know, because he, he used to have a temper, right? Like we all know the Kofi, stupid, 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 or... I think it's right when he wrestles like Sheamus at um, the night after uh, WrestleMania 29 with the beach balls and shit. And he's like genuinely pissed. And I think he just was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm working. I'm making money. I love my family. Uh, who gives a shit? And he doesn't care anymore. And he also probably has all, I mean, they, I don't know what he gets paid, but I'm sure it's insane. Yeah. Uh, and to not do much, you know, he does he's never had the company really on his shoulders thanks to john cena um right but he's always been at the top he's been at the top of the card since when i since before i was there he was but that's the, just he a was, decision though but like the, that's yeah, just a decision somebody well, made. Hold on. yeah but you said that's a decision but this is a guy who managed to not suffer a truly catastrophic injury so he knows how to work smart and keep himself relevant at the at the tippy top of the card there are guys who can get longevity out of their career, but you don't necessarily want to see them main event. I've talked about this before with, with Dan. We've talked about what we think the card's going to be any next year. I wouldn't be shocked if one night's headlined by Orton against Rollins or Orton against Riddle, and Orton would be justified in that main event slot, not as a legend, not as a part-timer, but as the most capable over guy they have. And to be that reliable for that long and to overcome and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put this here, even though it's the bright side, like in working with, with Randy at the time that I did, he, this was, he was on SmackDown. They're, they, they're giving him like the world to him. We're, we're putting him with Undertaker. 
And he was not the easiest guy to work with. And he's the first to admit that he was difficult to work with at that time. But you had him paired with his father, with Cowboy Bob. You had him with The Undertaker. And he listened and he did gradually grow. And there's lots of guys in the business that were were dicks and are still dicks. And then there's guys that get it and improve over time and work to help other people when he wants to work with them. He, you know, he's very generous when he's like, I like this guy. I want to see this guy succeed. Uh, it's why him and Riddle work so well together right now. It's like, if he doesn't want to work with Riddle, I got his free. He doesn't have to. He can go do whatever the hell he wants. He's, he's picking to work with these guys. He even said he's excited about his match with the Usos on, on that Survivor Series just because he wants to work with those guys. He wants to work with talent and enjoy it. The stuff with Bray was frustrating because when they put him with Bray as a tag team, it was the most over thing that they had. And they, that, but that, that, that wasn't the vision that they wanted and they wouldn't pivot. And it's got to be very frustrating to be in that sort of box. Even his feud this year with Bray at WrestleMania was was pig fucked from day one and the finish of it made absolutely no sense and he'll be the first to admit like this sucked this is what they did but you know what this is my job I'm not gonna live and die by by the creative and I'll, they'll give me something in six months and it'll work yeah and I mean you know it's I think it's a tragedy in a way that the Nick Khan era of immediately disposing people where they can't get better and they can't grow you know it's like you know maybe we don't get rnn now if randy got hurt and he's just seen his damaged goods well he came in and he got hurt fuck him you know so it's like <clears throat> I, I think there's something to be said for that and and it is amazing like you think like how long he's been there like at legacy is this thing that you know i don't immediately think of but i'm like oh yeah that was around a long time and then and then it's also it was good too it was good yeah and it's also interesting that it's like you know you were talking about him and taker i've that felt like to me the first time the streak was really at risk it was it, it was like the first time they actually acknowledged it in a real way before that i think they mentioned it during the flare taker match but it wasn't part of it this was like the gimmick was the undertaker has a streak and yeah, that's been like the fucking template for every streak match since, you know? Well, every taker match since almost, God. Yeah, yeah. and it, it feels important. And yeah, I mean, I watched the uh, the Backlash 2004 match, and that match is great. And and I, I think the match at, at, at Mania, you know, Flair, Batista, Orton versus Rock and uh, Mankind, yeah. I think is really slept on as like yeah, I love a that fucking match. fun-ass match. I think people hate that match because of the finish, because the heels went over instead of Rock and Foley. So because of it, they they kind of bury it. But it's nice that there was that moment at that time when the young up and coming guys like Batista and Orton were able to work with The Rock in what could have been the last time you ever saw The Rock. Yeah. And they pushed that young guy, uh, Ric Flair, which, you know, I don't know what he's been up to, but uh, you guys want to you guys want to do this roast? Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Let's burn him. All right, man. Uh, Robert, you go first. Gee, thanks. <clears throat> Roast of Randy Orton. Randy Orton can come from out of nowhere, which has resulted in stained hotel room drapes all over the world. <laughs> in pro wrestling, Randy Orton is the legend killer, which means he's comprised entirely of somas. 
<laughs> While a member of the U.S. Marine Corps, Randy Orton went AWOL twice and was dishonorably discharged, which still wasn't as disrespectful to them as those WWE Marine movies. <laughs> Randy's father was Cowboy Bob Orton, a man who famously wore a cast on his arm for decades as a reminder of what happens when wrestlers don't get health insurance. <laughs> Orton was trained in OVW alongside John Cena, Batista, and Brock Lesnar. He stood out from the group by looking like the guy who took the least amount of steroids. <laughs> Randy debuted in the WWE as a babyface, but transitioned to a narcissistic and self-centered heel after opening his mouth for the first time. <laughs> Randy Orton is the apex predator with the facial hair of a sexual predator. <laughs> As the legend killer, Randy Orton took out Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and the Attitude Era's ratings. <laughs> Orton became the youngest WWE champion of all time, beating Chris Benoit in a great match between two self-identified killers. <laughs> Randy Orton was accused of putting shit in someone's bag, but it just turned out to be a copy of his Punjabi prison match with Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Randy Orton was a member of Evolution, a group representing how wrestling evolved from being white men at the top of the card to now white men with tattoos at the top of the card. <laughs> Superstar Billy Graham told Randy Orton to go where no wrestler had gone before, which led to Randy RKOing Stacey Keebler. I hate to break it to you, Randy, but beating up your girlfriend is a place wrestlers have gone many, many times. <laughs> uh. Randy famously said in a promo that Eddie Guerrero was in hell, which was probably just referencing his time in WCW. <laughs> Orton feuded with Hulk Hogan over trying to date Brooke, which is an indication that Randy's spray tan was way too dark at the time. <laughs> On TV, Randy claimed to suffer from intermittent explosive disorder, which is also known as going full Scott Steiner. <laughs> Orton perfected the punt and replaced giving wrestlers RKOs with giving wrestlers CTE. <laughs> when Orton joined the authority, he became the face of the company, a safe bet since he was talented in the ring and his acting skills ensured he'd never have a shot in Hollywood. <laughs> in 2021, Randy formed RK Bro with Matt Riddle because he's too lazy to get his own weed and this just seemed easier. <laughs> Orton was accused of exposing himself to a member of the writing staff, which is total bullshit because the last thing Randy Orton would ever do was be around someone on the writing staff. <laughs> and finally, Randy got in trouble last year for using the N-word while playing Call of Duty on Twitch. Younger fans were disappointed in Orton saying a racial slur, while older wrestlers were disappointed to hear that Randy Orton played video games. <laughs> that's it for me nice oh that's perfect all right i'll go uh today we're roasting randy orton the john cena for children who cheered for sid over the toys in toy story one <laughs> he was discharged from the marines because thankfully there's one institution that won't deal with his bullshit randy orton is a tough guy but couldn't cut it in the marines or the marine three home front Randy caused a lot of controversy and had to be removed from the Marine 3 home front when people protested that he was a shitty Marine who was discharged. And it truly is a damn shame that anyone would care about 
the Marine Three home front. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they replaced him with real patriot the Miz. <laughs> He's still more respectable than Sergeant Slaughter. Tis better to have served and be discharged than never to have served at all. <laughs> Batista went on to be a movie star. John Cena went on to be a movie star. Meanwhile, Randy leaves his mark one shit-filled bag at a time. <laughs> Randy's true talent is hating WWE's booking as much as the fans do, but getting paid a shit ton of money to follow it through anyway. <laughs> Fuck Gene Snitsky. Randy Orton would have gotten over huge if he looked into the camera during his Bray Wyatt feud and said, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the worst feud ever. Remember their match at WrestleMania 33? That had more bugs than WWE 2K20. <laughs> He's a third-generation star in his dad, Orton. Uh, wrestling is in his blood, and so is hepatitis. <laughs> his finishing move, the RKO, comes out of nowhere, unless you've seen a DDP match where it's called the Diamond Cutter, or a Johnny Ace match where it's called the Ace Crusher. Way to steal my fucking move, Randall. <laughs> Randy Orton was a legend killer, but now he's a legend himself. Suicide. Suicide. <laughs> he won his first world title by defeating Chris Benoit, who also heard voices in his head that counseled him and understood. They <laughs> talked to him. Talked to him. No. <laughs> Finally... He got caught saying the N-word while doing a Twitch stream of Call of Duty, which just makes him any white guy in his 30s. <laughs> WWE was furious about this incident. He's not supposed to have a Twitch account. That's it for me. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. All right. My turn. Randall Keith Orton uh, was born on April Fool's Day, which explains his ability to make crimes look like pranks. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up in the wwe at the end of their attitude era and at the beginning of his his finishers the rko because he thought diamond cutter would make him sound jewish <laughs> based on his confidence and the type of cool he is i am almost positive he thinks he invented farting in the car and locking the window so your girlfriend has to smell it <laughs> He beat Benoit for the championship, a sentence now only said during game night in hell. <laughs> Congratulations, Hitler. You beat Benoit for the championship. <laughs> he stopped using legend killer after losing a copyright lawsuit to steroids and heart failure. <laughs> in his best wrestling feud, he spit in Mick Foley's face something he usually reserved for his colleagues' drinks and luggage. <laughs> his personality is just Christian Bale in American Psycho. If the character was too lazy to murder women, but still flexed in the mirror while having sex. <laughs> he was part of Evolution, a faction that AJ Styles thinks did not happen. <laughs> he joined the Marines, then went AWOL. A wall is also what Darby's uncle crashed into. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, he got a dishonorable discharge, among other STDs. 
it's a cute one right and finally cowboy bob faked <laughs> cowboy bob faked a broken arm in the 80s so he didn't have to hold his son that's it <laughs> like we went through that, that a single like, republican joke we're we're uh, really growing well, here guys wall, uh, here. i was gonna do a wall is why he voted for trump i was gonna do that i literally changed it uh you know, you know, you know the thing was the last the your set was great the last joke took me a second because it just feels like a fact yeah babe i can't i'm breaking i can't break a babe <laughs> i just imagine like paul orndorff babysitting him <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot about that aspect of his life right he was just a child uh hanging out with andre the giant and shit right yeah which you think of that and i mean i mean i feel like i was a little negative on him uh in the bright side and and that's total bullshit because he is really one of my favorites ever especially the legend killer thing but you think of his behavior and you're like well he grew up around guys who like tortured people as a goof you know like everything was chaos like I would assume that he would leave diners with his dad, be, you know, and his dad would like break shit at the diner before they left. And so like, there's no way they weren't acting like wrestling heels. Well, this is um, why it's young rock and not young Randy. Cause nobody <laughs> yeah, that would be this a much is why more I can be president. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what do you think of Randy? I know you're a big edge fan. What, what are you, are you a fan of the RKO as much as the rated part? Uh, well, controversial take here. Uh, I love Randy Orton a lot more than I've loved Edge for all these years. Whoa. Uh, Orton is, was my favorite wrestler in the world before I knew what wrestling really was. Uh, (laughs) growing up, growing up, he was definitely my favorite WWE superstar. So I'll call him that. Yeah, dude. You know what? I agree with you. 100%. He is my favorite superstar to see on a cup at 7-eleven you right. know i go like if any of them i'm glad it's him yeah <laughs> also as stupid as it was i love that that internet meme thing where anytime somebody fell they would edit in randy orton rkoing them oh perfect man perfect that was so fucking good and it's that move i mean always i love that any meme it's always like jim ross's voice because even like the internet knows yeah he's the best like when it comes to those like fun calls and shit yeah, but, I really uh, miss Jim Ross. He, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but he, but he also uh, the criteria that I go by, fucking fun as hell to play as in a video game, Randy. Absolutely, yeah. Because oh, yeah, you can hit the RKO out of nowhere. It's fucking awesome. And then like, but like the punt, you have to get all the way in the corner. But it does feel like, I mean, that move was like the most fucking over thing. Where it was like they created a way to get people off TV. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it and they banned him from doing it, right? After a while, just yeah. kind of like the same way they did the curb stomp, I guess. I think so. Which is weird because it was, I think it was on one of the Arn podcasts. He talked about how he came up with that punt like years ago in the 80s and gave it to Orton as, as something to use. And uh, it worked. My favorite Randy anecdote was they did a, uh, a tour in New Zealand. And they gave him his new theme music because he was sick of the theme song that he had, the Hey, Nothing You Can Say. Yeah. So they gave him this Fire Burns by Kill Switch Engage. And as oh, he's coming hey. down the ramp, he looks into the camera, he looks in the camera, he's like, I love this fucking song. And then two weeks later, they took it away and gave it to CM Punk. 
I remember that man. Yeah. And I felt so bad. Like of all, like of all the loyalty you show to the company and they steal your fucking theme song to give it to some dude who drinks Pepsi. Yeah. But I will say voices is pretty great. Oh yeah. They, oh, they made dude, up for it's it, up like, there, man. And I, I, he doesn't still do it right. Where like the sparkles would come down. No, no, that was that was that shit was great, great man. Yes, but that he's he also got over and they're like, all right, Randy, go be a snake. And he's yeah. like, all right, and it worked. And he did Dude, like it. It's he convincing. also loves reptiles. That's he was gonna be like he was gonna study reptiles before he came became a wrestler. There's a great interview with him and Kurt Angle that to me it shows how cool he is, or he has like severe brain problems because he could not recall a single thing, but it just came off like he didn't give a shit. Like it was Conrad and Kerr. It's, it's, it's on, uh, you know, at free shows, uh, whatever, Which but it's we're like, part of, by the way, yeah, as a reminder yeah, that we yeah, always yeah, as a reminder yeah. to uh, them, us, everybody. <laughs> we exist. <laughs> but dude, this interview is so good because they bring up like the triple threat match with Mysterio. Like he barely remembers who won. He doesn't remember any of the feuds. He's like, oh, yeah, that was cool, I guess. He doesn't give a fuck, dude. Okay, it but to be so fair, cool. I went through his Wikipedia just to, like, refresh myself for this, and I'm reading this, that I stuff I've watched, and I swear, I'm starting to feel like I have Alzheimer's. I have no recollection of, like, 80% of it. When I'm like, wait, this feud happened, and then this happened? Like, I have no no concept of it whatsoever because the WWE just did so much stuff in such a short window of time. They burned through so much creative that you forget so many things that these guys did over a long stretch of their career. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll even say this. I'm, I'm kind of mad that he hasn't been put in a position more like Cena in those moments when, you know, the rock returns. I think Orton should have had, you know, gotten some of that love during, um, major moments that seem to only be reserved for Cena. Uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I, 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 even though how over he is, I think his over is, oh shit, he's cool. Uh, but it, 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 he, he could be a lot greater, I think. If, and if and credit to the show. fact that him and CM Punk had the only good match at WrestleMania 27. Oh yes. yeah, man. Well, dude, and all that was, that was a really fun feud too. Um, but, you know, after he won the title from Benoit, which it felt a little weird because you did want to see Benoit have it longer at the time, at the time. Yeah. But also, thanks, hey, thanks, maybe butterf butterfly effect, right? Maybe it would have changed everything. But um, <laughs> Wait, yes, it would, Scott. He would have hung himself with the title instead of a rope. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, soon after, I don't know how many months after, he lost the title to Triple H. Yeah. yeah, but it was that cool moment where he's up on the shoulders. They do the thumbs up, thumbs down. That was great. That was which great. Which was a great reveal. He shouldn't have lost to Triple H. And then what happened is Batista got so got so over that they went for Batista versus H at that mania, right? And uh, yeah. that was a bummer, I felt like. By the way, evergreen phrase is Triple H should not have beaten him. We can use that in a lot of these roasts going forward. Dude, it's everywhere, man. I mean, it's it's what happened right after Punk won the title uh, in in a summer. It's almost yeah. like it's by design. Someone specific design. <laughs> yes, Nick Khan came a decade and a half too late for a lot of the internet. <laughs> well, it's amazing too because when Brian loses the belt after winning it against Cena, you know, it is Orton that takes it, but it was the authority. So it made it feel like it was triple H. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, um, I remember him being in the authority. Ugh. Yeah. Let's, let's go into uh show in hell. 
This one, uh, Randy Orton helps a fan in uh, England. Um, Robert, what did you think of this? I, I, I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah, I didn't understand what was really going on either. It seems that there were just overzealous fans that were crushing a small child. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what I thought it was. It was. Like, it was grown men who didn't care for the safety of a small kid so they could go get high-fived by Randy Orton who immediately would need Purell after. And Orton was like, the decent human being to be like, Hey, are you okay? Small child whose parents aren't paying attention. And then kind of telling these other people like, Hey, maybe back the fuck off and like, let the kid not almost die. And I think it's so uncomfortable to see it so soon after what happened in Houston, where you, it's the same kind of thing of just mob mentality of you swarm in there and nobody's paying attention to what's going on. And it was Orton that was self-aware enough to be like, Hey, maybe we should rescue this child from, from, you know, trampling. I also think the kid was hyperventilating a little bit, um, kind of like you know uh, girls did for the Beatles. But yeah, I mean, can you can you imagine killing a old man Scott? Imagine (laughs) killing a kid because you needed to meet Randy Orton. (laughs) That's what's great about Randy Orton. Even he's like, that's not worth someone losing a life. Yeah, he's like, come on, man. And there's somebody who's listening to this going, well, if it was Kenny Omega, it would have been fine. <laughs> and the only child would that would have been over, killed man. is, uh, you know, Scott. Scott's the only child that would be killed in that situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I'm 5'10", which is not tall at a lot of bars. So I've been this kid trying to order a drink at a bar, at a busy bar. You just get pushed against it. Yeah, no, yeah but that's fine. tall for AEW. You're pretty much like it's yeah, you and Wardlow is the two I giants. WWE bars. <laughs> yeah, and you're also what, are you are you under 200 pounds? Oh yeah, God for sure. Yeah, so that makes. Oh yeah, you dude, I'm a smaller. Jackson. You didn't know that? I'm a Jackson. Yeah, that makes you smaller than any wrestling fan by a hundred pounds. <laughs> also, Orton deceptively tall. It's kind of like the Billy Gunn thing where you don't realize how tall Randy is because everybody else he worked with was tall, but when you stand next to him, you're like your your neck is craning up. And, you know, we didn't acknowledge it, but it's actually part of his success is he's one of the most attractive wrestlers of all time, probably. I mean, he's someone where, you know, I've been a fan of wrestling uh, my entire, like, every relationship I've been in. And he is the one wrestler that people stop, that every girl has stopped and went, ooh. My wife said the same uh, thing yeah. to me tonight. She's like, I remember, yeah, she's like, I remember when I first watched wrestling, like when I first started dating you and Orton was the first guy that I noticed. And I was like, oh, who's that? Yep. I mean, literally, I remember high school girlfriend saying it, college girlfriend saying it. My, my, my little sister went to a house show with me at the Office Depot Center. I want to say yes. like 2000, 2003, 2004. She was like 13 uh, and had a crush on Orton. She, went, go, she man, wanted to yeah. go because she had a crush on him and Zach Gowan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like how she had like the real crush and then the attainable crush. Yeah, and then the hey, fetish crush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she is married, but hey, Zach Gowan, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> man, hop on that opportunity. <laughs> oh man. Let's get That's... into uh I mean, yeah, I guess all I'll say about that that clip was yeah, this was to me, it's more of an ain't that swell. This, this is was definitely yeah, Doran being a good guy saying, hold on, let's check on the kid. It's like it should have been called like wrestler being a human this week in wrestler acting like a person should. I'll yeah. be honest. I thought for the show in hell because Dan picked this and he's not here so we can shit on him and that's fine. Um, the thing that's always creepy to me is one of the most watched clips in the history of WWE. It, and it's like not even close. I think it's like one or two is. Orton kissing Stephanie while she's unconscious and handcuffed, which is all you need to know about the WWE audience. That is by far 
the most popular <laughs> clip that there is, and it's mainly just Vince hitting refresh. <laughs> Dude, that feud. Oh, Jesus. Um, but let's talk about something that is enjoyable. Um, uh, full Gear 2021. Let's get into our review. I think we'll go match by match yeah. on this, and then uh, with Dynamite, we'll you know go a little faster on it. Kind of like the way Tony Khan booked it. It's a lot of AEW. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're starting with uh, the pre-show, which was... I, That's I a very Dan move, Mike. I say, fuck it. Dan's not here. Dan's not here. We don't have to pretend we all watched the pre-show. Yeah, come on. <laughs> the heels won. All right. Anyway. I'll say this. I was pretending to do push-ups while I was pretending to watch the pre-show. Wait, I kind remember just that. laying on my Nyla stomach Rose on the floor. Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter beat... Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. They yeah, lost to yeah. Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, according yeah, to Wikipedia. Lost. Oh, they lost? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Oh, and 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 the acclaim came out to try to court uh, uh, Dante, Dante Martin, which, which then set up uh, the match uh, from uh, this Dynamite. Yeah, which is also days. weird that both of these things set up stuff on Dynamite, and they didn't show the highlights of it on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, it's a tiny little thing, but like, it was like commentary like you can't have jim ross giving the exposition of what happened well you see what happened here the reason why sheeta lost here is because serena d attacked her on the pre-show at full like you can't remember those details like yeah. he's gonna <laughs> fuck up at some point and call serena deep daniel bryan yeah that's true um but deep deep was my nickname for brian uh, <laughs> daniel brown is deep deep you just make it shorter and you know that's that then high school football um ac deeb all right so we had our our, our first match of, of of the pay-per-view proper um mjf versus darby allen uh which which jr i think said two of the four pillows yes he did <laughs> the four pillows um that that's that's how that's how much he wants to sleep through his job uh <laughs> Dude, I mean, this match was fucking incredible. Um, I loved this match. Uh, you know, MJF is, is one of the smartest guys by not wrestling as much as everybody else. And and what that does is, you know, people do say, well, he's only a good talker. He can't do this. He can't do that. And then it's like, he's so fucking good. <laughs> like, Oh, he's, he's one of the best. I mean, that's selling with the knee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was, dude, this was maybe match of the night, right? If you don't count the uh, the the weight of the of the main event, like the 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 emotional weight or or the payoff, I guess, you know. Yeah. But dude, just like bell to bell, the way the crowd was acting, how hot everything was. This was the this was the first match you're getting, and it felt in the moment like an all timer. Uh, looking back, I just go, it's an all timer for them. I mean. Looking back on their careers, you're gonna you're gonna bring up this match unless they continue to have bangers like this one, which yeah, that's totally possible too. I just thought it was insane, man. It was. Yeah, and I think uh, it's interesting that it's like they opened and ended the show with what what I think is the identity of the company. For sure, for sure, and I man. think that's a great idea. And 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 I feel, you know, the, uh, I mean, is the diamond in his ass or on his balls? Where's where's he keeping the ring? <laughs> Oh, Funny. between baby, that tenant, yeah. you know, yeah. No, but that was, I mean, yeah, the whole thing was that he said he could beat Darby with a side headlock takedown. 
and then he hits him with the fucking ring and then does this <laughs> it's it's so awesome man i mean oh, oh, it, oh, also okay so so mjf selling of the knee fantastic and, and that whole thing throughout the match but also darby just acting yeah. like he's dying throughout the match the the gasping and the grunting it's and darby i think being a little more like reserved in a way like sure. the whole thing was i can matt wrestle and then like taking it down a notch and uh but the storytelling was so fucking great it's like yeah there might be people who are better like pure workers or athletes than than, than these guys but the storytelling is like to me top notch to me this is a five-star match i i'd say i i i yeah dude i actually agree with you man I'm, I'm what do you think Robert? Stars. the well, timing was, was perfect yeah. this i mean it wasn't even close to this was my match of the night watching it because obviously look i'm obviously the mjf homer it's it's i don't even need to hide it at this point but i'm going into this thinking all right i've seen mjf darby before i've booked mjf darby before i know what these guys can do this was max showing the world that he is the most capable wrestler as opposed to just a guy who leans on the mic work and him and darby had a fantastic match they told the story as finishing with the with the takeover headlock the only criticism I have of this entire match, and I think it's justified, is the camera work missing the interference that was going on on the ramp when you had Sean Spears and Wardlow coming down and then Sting going after him. The, the camera missed it, so the audience was reacting to something that when you were watching it, you didn't see it first, and it made it look a little disjointed. Wait, 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 Robert, let us not fault a cameraman for ignoring Sean Spears. Well, that's their, that's natural. They can't, they, he's, he's the John Cena of their company. They can't yeah. see him, but uh, no, this was, this was awesome. This was, I, it was such an amazing match. I was worried that the crowd was going to take a while to catch up after the thing that made me a little nervous was this was the first match where the crowd was split and started to really cheer MJF when they've always played along with Max. There's other heels. They've cheered with them. Part of the fun is I want to go to boo this guy. And the audience was 50-50 split for Darby and Max. And I like, and we'll get to it, Max's promo on Dynamite, where he's like, I heard all your Mark chants. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. You had no choice but to acknowledge how good I was. He made that pivot because he does not want to be cheered. Yeah. Like to him, his success is when you boo me. And it's fun when you watch it, when the crowd is booing him. Like we all know he's great, but we want to boo him for being a piece of shit. And that's what I really hope, you know, with this punk feud going forward, that that's what they're going to do. Oh, brother, I think uh, I think this punk feud, I think he's going to get cheered sometimes. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, that consistent on the mic and then you can go in the ring. And also, here's here's the two word reason I think he was getting cheered a lot that night. Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert is now the guy who gets the shut the fuck up. And people just booing him. And it's I, I think it's hard to have two people in a company that have that distinction. And then it's like, well, now you're doing it for Dan Lambert. And then you're watching MJF. You're like, this guy's just really fucking talented. <laughs> he did get a shut the fuck up chant on Dynamite, though. Yeah, he did. But, it, yeah. but this is, you know, we're, we're pretending this is full gear. You're right. You're right. You can't say to the future. Yeah, no, you're we right. Did, we did get the let's go Darby MJF, which, yeah, I agree. Like, and there were signs for him and stuff. I was like, yeah. Dude, I got I could talk about this match forever. The, the, just the timing in it was so perfect. There was a moment when Darby does the dive uh, to the outside, like he always does, where he's just a damn bullet bouncing off of a guy. Yeah. Uh, but MJF, because he's MJF, he's able to 
he turns to someone in the crowd and said like something like you like that fatso and then turns in like and then gets hit with it and it's like it's he's not waiting there's no awkward moments everything was timed like flaw it was just but even the mat wrestling worked and the crowd was there for that like they were cheering it where like again as the only one here who sits and watches all three hours of raw which takes place in like an echo chamber the audience is silent for 90 percent of what they see part of the fun of AEW is the crowd whether it's something good or it's you know matt hardy orange cassidy they're into it and they cheer and they were cheering these matt wrestling spots because they knew this was the story and it made this match that much better this is why live wrestling is fun yeah all right let's go next into uh the Lucha Brothers with a very insane, uh, awesome, probably there weren't that many big entrances here. Uh, you know, um, th- this I, I, I put this top three entrances of the night. Um, I think we might all have a number one, but <laughs> oh, hell yeah. We but better. this was, I mean, this was fun and uh, against FTR and they beat FTR. Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed this. I did I did not like this as much as the match before it, and I did not like it nearly as much as the the Bucks versus the Luchas, um, you know, on the pay per view before. But I, I thought it was good, and I mean, it was like, you know, having this and then you know the the, the first match and then this and then the match after that, like the first four matches of this show, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this this is insane. Like just the quality. Of, of wrestling that that you're getting um but yeah i thought i thought it was good but i didn't think it was great yeah i, I, I felt the same way but you you guys read what happened with what was it dax uh yeah he, he supposedly he got hurt by something with uh phoenix yeah. they had to alter stuff yeah he's already like blacked out after the 10 minute mark and didn't know what was happening yeah but that's totally after most matches so it doesn't really surprise (laughs) he's learning from the best but i had that same thought though even without that knowledge that it felt like they were doing a lot but it wasn't hooking me in the same way the first match did the first match pulled me in in an, an emotional level which you don't really get this felt like Hey, we're doing a bunch of moves because we we we, we want to kind of fill time. It didn't feel like a, a truly coherent story. And these guys have had better and will have better going forward. But this is like it's a minor criticism because even them at a at a B level versus an A level is still better than what you're going to get from most other wrestlers elsewhere. And the the creativity of the finish with the mask and giving them the out on you pin the wrong guy. That's that was fine. That's a good way to get out of it. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, it was really good. It wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted more from FTR and, and proud and powerful. I thought that that feud was great and there was real heat there. This just felt like we're going to fight because we want the title, which is, which is fine sometimes, but isn't the most exciting thing. Then we have, uh, two guys that fought for a title shot next. Brian Danielson defeating Miro um, by technical submission after a fucking, a very realistic looking suplex <laughs> on the top. Um, yeah, man. yeah, I mean, yeah, this was fucking great too. Like this, I mean, this, this, this show is amazing. So if we're repetitive, it's, it's blame yeah, the show it's, for it's being tough good. to review a thing that it's just a bunch of thumbs up. Also, you know, it's a really good show when Mike and I are being repetitive at how amazing an AEW show is because yeah. there's so little to criticize. I think my biggest criticism of this match 
and I kind of touched on it before, but this was this was the match where Jim Ross needs to be saved for one match in the show. Bring him out for the main event. He was getting so frustrated that he kept calling him Daniel Bryan and not Bryan Danielson that he made the story of his commentary, him screwing it up. He's like, I know the internet's going to be mad and take me to the woodshed. Well, sorry, I knew him by a different name. Like, don't, no one cares. Call the match. And we enjoy the match. Everybody calls him Daniel Bryan. We, we've done it all the time on here. Focus on the match. Tell the story of the match and save JR for something special because I just don't think putting him out there for a four-hour show does anybody any favors. Um, and I was a little disappointed in Miro losing cleanly and then just kind of vanishing again because he is a special talent and he's a dude where we've now seen him lose twice in a row in big match situations without any kind of immediate rehabilitation. But, you know, a minor, minor gripe in what was a really fun match. Yeah, big match situations to littler guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what did you think of this, Scott? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I loved it. It's, it's, you know, I only use like three words to describe AEW, and it's because it's how I feel when I watch it. I thought it was uh, cool, dope, sweet, great, a blast, you know. Yeah. Now- you know, ways you describe candy. <laughs> at the Wonka factory is how I, uh, I enjoy it now, but I don't know the negative effects until years later. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Full yeah. gear is going to cause Scott to lose his foot. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of jamming, uh, unhealthy things in your mouth, we've got Christian cage and Jurassic express. Well, I thought that was a good segue. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Uh, against, uh, the super click. Um, this was fucking fun. Very plundery. I mean, yeah, that the thumbtack in the mouth spot is cringy. Um, but this was the the fucking uh, the thumbtack knee pads. I mean, look, like I know that I've I have said that Adam Cole looks like one of the shrimp people from Little Mermaid, but he has found his role. That he is great in this. I did not like him in NXT as this like world beater champion, but as like you know the the a shit heel with other shit heels like yeah dude he's knicky he's knicky to uh to omega's you know danny yeah but you know yeah it's like i <laughs> this upper card where he's not the, the focal point i didn't get that reference and i'm sorry that was greece greece oh. dude it's the word have oh, you heard <laughs> greece I'm a, sucks i'm gonna lame this guy no way it's so good Greece is um, not if very you, good. If you say that, if you say that Jungle Boy is the Javert to Adam uh, Cole's Jean Valjean, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> better, better singer though. So I think you're fine. This, I thought this match was. They knew the handicaps they had going into it. With this, had to stand out from the other tag matches. So it's let's just do a hardcore brawl. That was awesome. The only ding i have because what's what i have to do is the whole story i love the story you're telling here of hardening jungle boy up because christian's going to be this kind of bad influence on him which is what he's been and eventually when christian turns heel it's going to be a hell it's going to be a fun feud for the two of them i didn't love the fact that they do the concerto spot and then you saw matt jackson later in the night I think if this was supposed to be a really impactful, dramatic, conflicted, what's Jungle Boy going to do? And then he cracks him in the skull with the chair. That should have been it. And and you shouldn't have had him come back later. I get from the emotional standpoint, you needed the bucks out there. Then maybe don't do this spot, but you need to protect 
the concerto that if a dude gets hit in the head with a steel chair with another steel chair checked underneath him, uh, that he is done for the evening and he should not be returning unless he has like uh, Dana Carvey's open head wound from SNL. <laughs> or, or is Mick Foley at King of the Ring 98? <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say that, uh, yeah, I actually agree with that. Like I would have picked Cole, you know, cause he doesn't come back anyways. And, you know, you know, I know we'll talk about this more in Dynamite, but the more we talk about it here, the less we'll talk about it there. You know, they set up the, you know, this is the night that the elite failed. They all failed. And, uh, you know, this was, this was well done. And I mean, you're like, you're, you're watching these, these first four matches and you're like, man, one of these matches has to suck soon. And well, we'll get to it. Scott, what'd you think of this match? Oh, no. Yeah. I I thought it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, contrived in moments, uh, but overall, just great. Just, yeah, a good time. I, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, contrived is a good word with, with the Bucks, but it, I don't think well, it's in a these, bad in these In like, these trios matches and whatnot, yeah, contrived. Yeah, but it's like they do overthink things, but that also does make their shit better than most people's. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It does, and a good highlight of the, the ramp that they use. I think that ramp with the video on it is oh, always looks really cool. Um, so it's, it's nice to get to see that. And it's funny that we saw the thumbtack and then mouth spot in the MLW show with Darby and John Morrison and then saw it again here. So, uh, oh, you know what, man, I'm so glad that we kept talking about this match because BTE this week, you guys need to watch it because there is an entire part of it that is just Brandon Cutler filming this match. And so it's all of his reaction to everything happening. And when they're running around the arena, it's him running around the arena. And it's just so goddamn stupid, man. And so funny. Uh, it, actually worth a watch. Yeah, it's still Brandon Cutler. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so like funny. I watched a four-hour pay-per-view, then a two-hour Wednesday show, then a one-hour Friday show. Oh, but what so I perfect. need is some extra Cutler, please. So funny, <laughs> man. He's a star. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh all right, so this next match, uh, Cody Rhodes and, and Pac uh, defeated Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo with, with spot of, of the match being Arn beating up Jose and uh, thankfully not shooting him. <laughs> thankfully? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Cody guy. Uh, and this, you know, you know, Cody was getting booed. He was embracing it a little bit, but it just, this match did not feel that connected to me. And I, I think, you know, people were saying that, like, that a lot of the matches on this show were too long, that the show was too long. I think that there were just some matches that shouldn't have been here. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, this was 16 minutes and 52 seconds too long. Um, <laughs> it was thrown together and weird. It also is now setting up an eight-man tag that's slightly more intriguing. And it was also weird because you had the story of both teams not getting along, which was a bigger disconnect because they never teased any dissension with Malachi and Black and Andrade before. You didn't fully understand why Cody and Pac hated each other. I still don't understand why they got rid of Chavo as this as the guy outside as opposed to Jose, well, the assistant. to go work on a show. I, I guess, but... Uh, yeah, this was uh, th- this was definitely very skippable. This was a, a let me up match to prepare you for another let me up match. Yeah, so did, let's. This is how I felt about this match. Yeah, 
I said, this is the least important match on the card. Um, and it still has four, in my opinion, must-see wrestlers. And I thought, holy shit. Jose's a wrestler? A fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> I thought, what a goddamn stacked uh, roster these people have. Yeah, it went too long. But other than that, I was happy to see it. I think it could have been on Rampage in terms of, you know, God, their shows have pay-per-view matches anyway, you know. So really, especially because that Rampage was live, and I think you should have given them a pay-per-view card as opposed to what they gave them. Uh, but it wasn't bad. It just it, it, it didn't have to happen. Did you want to be the one to tell Cody he's not going to be on a pay-per-view, Scott? <laughs> I mean, this, you know, that... that There's that also would, that, that, though. I think Cody does deserve to be on every single pay-per-view. And <laughs> if you got to shoehorn it, you have to. I mean, it's the truth. It's, it's fucking Cody Rhodes, and it's AEW. As he's become, now, he's become full Triple H. I get it. Yeah. yeah I mean, here, here's the thing. If he wasn't on this card, that would be a season of Rhodes to the top, not an episode, a season. <laughs> and and I, I mean, I just I just feel like, yeah, I, I agree that he is in a prominent position in the company and, and should be in the card, but that it's like you have to book it that way. And this was just, yeah, this was treated. No, like but I think you're I, wrong though, dude. This this Malachi thing with Cody has been going on for like three months. The the Andrade thing has been going on for like a month and a half. And Pac has been intertwined, uh, beefing with Andrade uh, for like two months too. So it's all does, or three months maybe. So it all does, it is for people that, it, you know, especially the last like three weeks they've been building to, this is probably going to be a, t just because we don't care. The, the issue is we don't give a shit about it, but it well, has it been a like thing that's going to happen. Well, no, it I don't think we don't give like a shit green. about it. Because I think we've cared about the Malachi Black feud. Malachi's done a nice job of building that with Cody. Sure. It was smooshing two feuds together, which felt very Survivor Series-y. Sure, you're taking but it two did happen feuds. over the last few weeks. It, it was, I, I don't think it was as strung together as we think. It just, it sucked. It, it did. It just wasn't particularly interesting. I think back yes. to that picture of Tony Khan on like the sidelines of the Jaguars game where he accidentally, quote-unquote, leaked the full gear script. And the one thing they had was like Cody versus Malachi question mark, Cody versus Andrade question mark. I don't think he knew what to do. And they just kind of threw this together and it would have been fine if this was a great match. It just wasn't a particularly great match. I mean, I think a part of the problem is that there's been no real direction in the sense that it's like, all right, Cody's fought Malachi three fucking times now. Then he's fighting him in this tag. And then next week on dynamite, there's an eight man tag where he's fighting him again. And, it just yeah, doesn't. Man. It doesn't feel like it Cody just feels like placeholder shit. Remember when AEW started and it was like, oh wow, these Cody segments feel like NWA segments. Oh and yeah, man, Pepperidge Farm remembers. And it was okay. so damn cool, right? And then like you know the Omega and Bucks segments felt like PWG segments, or if it was more serious, sometimes New Japan. But Cody was NWA, and it was awesome. And the last year, he has been the WWE part of every show. Yes. Yes. Everybody else is eclipsing him. Yes. And now it's the rematches, you know. Uh, All right. Well, we finally got Scott to admit that sucked. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Britt Brit Baker versus uh, Ty Conti. Uh, and uh, dude, the, the, the countdown for this, the, the, the road to a uh, full gear special, like, which they always do a good job with those. It was just, it was just them talking about asses. And, and Ty Conti had this line where, She's like, you know, you talk about my ass, 
you don't have an ass, so I have to kick your face. <laughs> so bad. And then the match was just, yeah, I mean, this, this is another match that was too long, foregone conclusion. Everyone likes Britt. No one thought she should have lost, and she didn't lose. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the match before this and this was the lull in the show. Uh, the first lull in the show. There's, there's another one coming up. Um, but, uh, yeah, what did you think, Scott? I didn't mind it. I actually, I, I really loved the video of uh, that that you just mentioned about bringing up uh, Brit's ass. I thought that was, yeah, I, I don't know. It felt somehow authentic. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is why people fight sometimes. Uh, well, you know which segment Billy Gunn produced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, th- I thought it was fine. I thought it was better than what I thought it was going to be, which I did not think it was going to be anything at all. And there was like three moves I enjoyed during it. So, hey, what are you going to do? It was too long, though. It was. But, you know, I'm happy it happened. Yep. Twice as long as it probably needed to be. It reminded me of when Trish Stratus faced Christy, Christy Hemi. Um, and where it was like, we get why you have to do the match. You're trying to establish somebody. But nobody bought Ty Conti as winning. So you're just, all right, how are we going to get to what the finish is it picked up towards the end and I feel like they put together a six or seven minute entertaining match, but that went 16 minutes long. And I think that was problematic, but at the same time, one of the problems AEW has is their women's division doesn't get the kind of exposure. It, it probably should. So there was only one women's match on the main card of a four hour pay-per-view, which is uh, frustrating when they could have, put a second match somewhere in there or made and made this one shorter to give somebody else a chance to be elevated. Instead, Ty Conti loses. And now she's going to, you know, go away for a while. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I agree with that, Robert. It, it's like, if they don't care, it, it's hard for us to care, but it's also, you know, you think of like all out um, in comparison to this and, you know, Ruby Soho wasn't on the card, you know, Cole was on the card. Danielson was on the card. Punk, like all these people that arrived in August, September were here except her. She was in a fucking pull apart segment. Uh, (laughs) You know, she's been in multiple pull apart segments. Like she's just, I mean, when you're, when, when your character is just hanging around the back, like that's, they don't have anything for you. And I feel like they should have built, this should have been Ruby Britt, I think. You know, and you could have had people care enough about Ruby if you built it in two months. Well, you can't just because they have that TBS tournament. So you can't have Ruby still be in the tournament and be facing Brit. So they kind of booked themselves into a corner. But you could have done the next round of the TBS tournament or something on this pay-per-view and given uh, a, a bigger match for it. But yeah, that when you have you know, the, the, the women that they have in their division who just had no representation on the main show. Yes, there was the pre-show, but that's like saying, you know, Oh, the guy was at WrestleMania because he wrestled on Sunday night heat. That's, that's not how it works. So you need representation on your main show where, where you have women like Jade Cargill, or you have Ruby or you have Thunder Rosa who are interesting and you can put them out there and give them the proper exposure on pay-per-view instead of signaling to the audience, all right, here's the, the, the one women's match that we, we feel like we're contractually obligated to give you, and we're just going to give it a shitload of time. Yeah, well, 
This show definitely uh, needed a shot in the arm at this point, and it fucking got one. We had uh, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston in the shortest match of the night, 11 minutes, and what also felt like the most uh, physically brutal. This this is another five-star match to me. Um, These guys were fucking fantastic for how quick they got into a feud. I mean, I think it says a lot about both of them. I mean, I think this was easily Punk's best match uh, since coming back. If not one of the best matches he had, even if you can, you know, consider the WWE. Like, because everything here meant something. Every There wasn't one wasted moment in this that you can't see me uh, taunt was fucking hilarious. Like, there was just so much personality to this. Um, Eddie just fucking hitting him right off the bat before the bell even rings like this this was to me another one of those like fucking clinics uh just a masterpiece and and i'm a little upset like you know uh it doesn't feel like it's continuing immediately and i think it should because i want more yeah that was my only minor (laughs) ding on it you know we talked about it when the preview last week where i was really hoping we were going to get the finish we did get, which was Punk going over. You think they're going to get the resolution and you don't get it. And I was hoping for something more physical of Kingston, you know, blow blowing him or something and, and something dastardly to continue this feud forward, as opposed to just he walks away. And now that looks like uh, he's going to be feuding with uh, Mike's favorite wrestler, Denny Garcia. Um, but instead, uh, you know, th- this still has legs. And I think when they do wrestle again, it's going to be awesome. This felt like a legitimate blood feud. Uh, it, it felt earned. It felt hard hitting. And uh, I was happy for, for Eddie that they gave him this platform again. And he just continues to deliver. And yeah. he was fucking over. Dude. Jesus Christ. He was super over, which T- the TNT folks had to be a little nervous that you're, you're fucking with your golden goose there of <laughs> CM Punk of, of splitting the crowd. But uh, they, they got it back this week. Yeah, and 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 they kept Eddie far away from a golden egg, which is why he's wrestling Denny Garcia. Uh, Scott, what did you oh, think of this? I I uh, I think you're gonna get you're gonna get the match you want, and you're gonna get the result you want. Uh, I think by the end of this, Eddie Kingston is gonna be proven right, and that's the direction it was always gonna go in. Uh, which is gonna be really cool to see, and you're gonna be mad. Well, you're not going to be mad, but you're going to be happy they waited. Uh, I feel like that's a super common trend with AEW, aside from Cody matches, where they don't do the rematch right away. They kind of reset, and we'll see You know, these guys down the line because when it does happen, it feels larger and it feels more developed just because time has passed. Uh, yeah, this match fucking ruled, man. The fact that they were cheering Eddie and so punk <laughs> – you know, did, did the Eddie Guerrero thing was was such a heel thing, and yet you know a really smart thing to do, the five knuckle shuffle moment, dude. Just just Eddie hitting him right when the bell rings, you know, and and waiting oh. for him to get up. Just just an awesome God, awesome man. Yeah. Uh, running oh, from dance dogs, here. our surprise moment. Dude, barking dogs is like uh is like Dan's glass shattering. Yes. <laughs> hear you i'm gonna join back in i can't hear you uh even better dogs barking and dan technical yeah. difficulties and dan can't you just got us. the full dancer and jermaine uh experience in 20 seconds Holy, this we, was perfect. we actually 
Dan didn't join. We just piped that in like a WWE crowd chant. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Was that a TikTok? Is that how TikTok works? No, just but anyway, in, out, and done. Dude, oh, I also liked Punk's trunks. What did you guys think about the trunks? Those were, those were, those look good. Cool, man. And I the fact that right because he was time, bleeding, they were, they were bloodied. I like that yeah, part as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why he went with the white because he knew he was going to be bleeding. But, uh, yo, hey, oh, up, you buddy? didn't know? Hey, Your ass is going to call somebody. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what Scott said about you? Because it was really funny. No, I didn't. Audio wasn't working. That's why I didn't come back in. I forget, honestly. Oh, is that the your dog's barking is the uh, glass shattering of Steve Austin? Uh, (laughs) That's true. That's true. Are you guys? uh, Are you guys on at this point? I'm sorry, I'm late. Forbidden door. We're at the next to last match at full gear. Yeah, you you came just in time to talk about Dan Lambert. You fucking. Did you guys talk about uh the you did did the show at uh, Ain't That Swell, Randy, with the kid? Yes. I I wanted to talk about that just because I wanted to say one thing. Like, how funny would it be if they panned out the camera and they and the people that were crushing that kid were all in. Deacon Batista and Forbidden Dork shirts. <laughs> just all our right. fans crushing a child. Okay, that joke was worth justifying the clip because we were all like, why did Dan pick this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I picked that just because, you know, it's like, you know, like, uh, it kind of like, I-, I wanted to show the evolution of Randy. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, he's like, that's fair. He's gone from this, like, kind of, you know, fratty, kind of douchey guy to like, yeah, is it genuinely? Uh, I think he's like a for a wrestler. I think he seems like a genuinely decent guy now. That's the low bar that, like, in two thousand five, he would have let that kid die. But twenty twenty one, Randy probably wouldn't <laughs> let that kid die. So he's a better person. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. I I think Dan, I, I've been hosting, and I think I fucked up because I thought you picked it for show in hell, and I'm like, what's <laughs> bad about this? <laughs> no, it was for ain't that swell. I'm sorry, sir. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. I will tell at the end of our show. I'll I'll tell you. I'll I'll say my Randy jokes because I did write them. All right. But, uh, all right. How about, how about oh, great? You? We'll leave though. Because we put <laughs> yeah, in how our about, time. How about we're on the last day? match of we're on the last match of full gear. No, no, no. Yeah, we're still yeah. in show in hell, which is a Dan Lambert match. We haven't <laughs> talked about it yet. So you sit there and you get to talk about the magic of Dan Lambert. Oh man, and I really came in on. I thought I would avoid the is. Dan Lambert match. We will, Dan. You'll do your you'll do your jokes after we talk full gear. So okay, all right, yeah, you're, you're you're right. All right, um, let's uh, yeah, so let's talk this match: the Inner Circle versus America Top Team. Oh, I forgot to mention, we didn't mention how much uh, how how much Britt Baker's entrance sucked. <laughs> and oh, I didn't mind it, man. I didn't. I don't think I had a visceral reaction like you did, Mike. But you know, it just didn't feel like her. It just felt like something Jericho like sprung on her. Hey, yeah, Jericho guess, got one of his yeah. guys a payday, man. You know, like, you know, sprung on her like one of his pamphlets about how the government should work. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so this, I mean, you know, this to me was the second lull of the show. This thing went 20 minutes. Um, there was Way some fun long. in it, but God, was it fucking long. Um, and the best parts were watching train killers try to train themselves not to kill people. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that always is such is so tough about these MMA guys is like 
they can't just throw a stiff fist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they do that, that could be, you know, lights out for Chris Jericho. I, I wrote that this entire match felt like the last day on the Jericho cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like it just, just felt like a mess, but I mean, I will, I want to give a shout out though to fucking Ethan, uh, Ethan page, man, because he really uh, put this match together. Like this match would have been a, total mess if it wasn't for ethan page like if you look at how he like kept everybody like he was like basically stage managing all the spots he was kind of doing what jericho used to do um did you notice that scott or is that different um no i didn't notice that but i like i didn't mind this match i mean i know mike said there was a lull and the cm punk eddie kingston match was like a shot that the show needed but i enjoyed the whole show because I've kind of decided to consume wrestling like as if I'm there live. And when you're there live, you do have to get up. You do have to feed yourself. You do have to do things. And right, right. Dude, Jericho, during this entire Lambert thing, it's just like my moment to kind of, uh, you know, be human during the show. And you catch it in moments. And when you peek your head in, you see Sammy dive off of a ladder. And then you right. walk away for a second. And then you see a guy go through a table and, you know, all of a sudden, it's a it's a good match. It was a good what highlight. What is it about Sammy's spots that looks so? Br- you know what it is? I realize it's that he's not as light as Jeff Hardy. Like he's deceptively heavier than a lot of those little guys. Um, so like it's all dead weight when he hits these spots. It's speaking crazy. of dead weight. Baron von Roschke was in this match. was insult my ancestors, Robert. It was yeah, let's, it was let's, an let's adorable me. old Nazi. It was great to see him. Um, <laughs> Ethan, it just it was. My I, grandpa, by the way, fought in World War yeah. II, liberated concentration camps. Keep going. Yeah, he was. Yes, he turned babyface in the end and joined. But the, uh, what the have Allen. you done? But where, but like, why <laughs> I'm, did you I'm not have good work? Why did you not have like Paige Van Zant there, but you had Baron Von Raschke? That was the thing that was the most bizarre to me was there were so many people you wanted to see outside the uh, the ring. How the and, fuck have they not signed her yet, Robert? That's my I have no idea. It's so crazy. Like, if I was WWE, I would be on that tomorrow. Well, it's clearly her part, right? I'm assuming that they are trying to speak with her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm she sure makes they more money getting punched in the face there, in those bare knuckle fights. There, you know? She makes all her money for those OnlyFans videos. Like, that's her OnlyFans videos are, are apparently, I mean... Apparently an absolute hit. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're killing it. So, I mean, I, I imagine... Like, why the fuck would you want a bare knuckle box to ruin that for the next? Because like, Junior Dos Santos's OnlyFans would not do as well. Wait, what is her OnlyFans? <laughs> she's just posing and stuff. Yeah, she's just doing like underwear pictures and shit like that with her uh, with her boyfriend or husband or whatever. So, what uh, what which, which Dan has heard from a friend? No, no. Yeah, which I heard from a fan as you look at my calloused hand. Um, <laughs> uh, no. We don't have enough patrons to afford her OnlyFans for Dan. So uh, subscribe at the five dollar or ten dollar tier and no. help Dan get to see those OnlyFans. Yeah, if you guys start paying fifteen dollars, we'll give uh, we'll give bikini photos of Scott. So please. Here, here was the thing that bothered me about the Roski thing. You know, was but besides people cheering a Nazi character, <laughs> is is that. If Dan Lambert, like Dan Lambert's the only guy that would know who he is. Like Dan Lambert's whole thing is I love 70s wrestling. I love fucking classic wrestling. So Baron Von Raschke should be on his side, not on the side of the inner circle. Well, no, if if nothing else, Baron Von Raschke should have done the claw to Dan Lambert. I didn't want to see Ethan Page selling the claw per se, because 
he's still the guy who has to be there the next week. I think Lambert is an old school wrestling fan would have done the whole, Hey, I'm doing this for you go to shake his hand. And then Baron does the claw and the crowd would have popped for it. Can we talk about that ego's edge onto the floor that he did to either Santana Ortiz. I forget who he did it. Maybe it was Sammy, but holy (laughs) shit. That was wild. Not helping your case. I like the Santana Ortiz or Sammy. That's a, that's a very Von Rosky statement. Man. <laughs> Ortiz or Selena or Gloria Stefan. Mysterio, somebody. Yeah. I, I, I like when AEW does a legend thing because it's like uh, it's like lower ranked legends that you've heard of, but you you know, but they're not under WWE legends contracts. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a yeah, I think it's a blast. It it, it reminds you that uh that other wrestlers existed and they were a really big deal and it wasn't just you know yeah i just want to stop the podcast for a second talk about the insanity of of scott's aw loyalty at this point like in in the past five minutes he said yeah but this match was great because i didn't have to watch it and <laughs> i like that they use lesser known old people <laughs> No, no, Wasn't I, mean, cool I wish they, they used could have used more popular ones, a, but they're all move. fucking signed to contracts and shit. Right, but yeah, it, it's fine that you have Rashi there. It was, it was whatever. And they, you are ageist, and you hate when, when, when poor people get a payday. There's Obviously, no way that guy yes. has any money. But I love that again. This was a Minneapolis street fight, which conjures up much more horrifying images. Have you seen our Patreon? <laughs> yes, but yeah, but like it was, it was the second plunder match when you already had a better match where they were using weapons earlier. And I didn't get what made a lot of these things Minneapolis specific, other than one person holding up a Vikings helmet. And the, the Prince logo was fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, this match should have been on Rampage. Yeah. That's by the way, that's two matches that should have been on Rampage, none that should have been yeah. on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, well, no, this I just been on because, elevation because um, that Rampage was live. I really I think that's so odd that that Rampage was it live was, yeah, it felt like a preview like the card yeah. they had. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we tried to give this match a pass because you know, we talked about what we thought the payoff of this feud was going to be, and <laughs> then you couldn't deliver it because of an injury. So you were stuck having to do this match. You don't have Paige Van Zant there, who they build as like the second big star in it. And we all knew this was going to end with Dan Lambert going away. So in that perspective, it's a win. All right. Well, we get to a full 20 minutes for this 20-minute match. (laughs) Now let's talk the main event. Adam Page (laughs) defeating Kenny Omega. I mean, yeah, Page, entrance of the night, fucking epic uh walking through the streets of minnesota i, was I wanted the bruce one who was like i kind of liked it i was like i thought it was a little slow but I, it was the same problem i had with charlotte and the limo at 35 wait what was a little slow the horse the, well, yeah i just thought you know like like here's the thing is that i kind of just wanted to see him come out and like uh because I'm, I'm thinking about wrestlemania 14 and steve just kind of came out to his his theme and I, you know like I'm, I'm trying to think of their their, their big baby face hangman page like was it just felt like it slowed it down. It, it just felt like it was too long. And I, I mean, I, the same, pro, it's like a great idea. It's like Charlotte with the helicopter at 35 coming into the limo, but it's not, I don't know. Yeah, well, I it's different I, because it was me, filmed so. separately. It was filmed like two days before. It was like, it was awesome. It's not like, it's not like it took a couple minutes for him to get changed into his gear. When he got off the horse, he came out right away. 
And and let's be thankful this company has learned not to put horses out in the crowd. So kudos to AW for that. I, I thought I thought this match, you know, was awesome. It felt like a main event. And the thing that everyone wanted to happen happened. And you know, sometimes wrestling is predictable, but so is great storytelling. And you know, this has been a two-year feud, and but getting he won and they didn't do any kind of shenanigans afterwards. You know, you had the fucking Dark Order come out, and and that was it. And people went home happy, and that's what wrestling should be sometimes. Uh, Scott, I know that you have wasted gallons of cum on this match. Just one more for us, please. Oh, I, I loved it so much. I thought it was a perfect conclusion to one of the best storylines I've I've gotten to watch, like, live, you know. Um, not after the fact or something. Uh, yeah, it was a solid match. It was 28 minutes. Remember, I, I, I told you guys, I said, oh, my God, he beat him, you know, quicker. You know, I, the, the, the Brian thing was a draw, but it was, oh, he got him in 28 minutes. They, they meant to do that. And then you see Hangman bring it up, and it's like, oh, they did mean to do that. And they, they meant to do, like, a million things in this that – referenced other moments in their careers and other matches and yeah i just thought it was fantastic specifically the last like six minutes where it was just uh i thought flawless there's even parts i mean i'll knock you know if if i have to knock it it's like you know so the, the camera angle on matt jackson uh it was there a little too long and not just because i mean you you got all of hangman's finisher but what you didn't see, uh, which I saw, which you can see for a moment, but you can specifically see if you look up like fan videos, is Kenny is still standing, right? Kenny doesn't get knocked down by the first. Um, so one, he takes a one-winged angel, which is his finisher. Then he takes uh, uh, Hangman's finisher once, but it's to the back and he still stands, right? When he goes to take it the second time, the camera doesn't show it but he's looking to his left where he thinks one of the young bucks might be. No one is there, uh, but he's looking to his left and he's going, get him, get him. And he's pointing at hangman. And then he turn, you know, he tilts slightly and takes the move. And uh, I just thought that was a really, really cool moment where it's like, Oh, this guy could have had it. He depended on what he's been depending on this whole goddamn time, uh, which is these, you know, these morons. Uh, and he is a moron for that. Uh, and also, I think it tied in with his vertigo real well, which we found out about this weekend, where he doesn't know where the bucks are. So he looks to the left and says, get him, because the ring is spinning, which apparently has been happening since uh, 2018. Christ, man, the guy needs to fucking take like six months off. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was cool, man. I mean, years. dude, I could, dude, even like the bucks coming out and, uh, and not getting up on the apron completely like Omega did uh, in Abushi's match against AJ Styles in New Japan when Abushi was fighting for the title, and uh, and Abushi lost that match because Omega did that. Uh, and then for the Bucks to not do that, to almost do that, but yeah, there's just a lot going on in it that I thought was really really special. But the main thing that I liked was that even though Omega did do that at the end. You, you didn't see it, and you didn't see Omega after it. You didn't see the Bucks after it. Omega didn't get a fancy entrance. Hangman got the fancy entrance, and there was n- really no dispute that Hangman won this. It was his night. Like, there, 
there wasn't even a moment acknowledging Omega's title reign. I remember when Omega beat Okada for the title, there was a moment where they like, uh, I think it ended the night where the camera is focusing on one of Okada's like dollar bills that fell from the sky when he entered. And it was like commentary on, oh, Okada lost the belt as opposed to Omega won it. And I, right. I think that happens, man. And that's kind of what I'm worried about with Reigns is when Reigns loses the title, is it going to be about, oh, how he lost it? Because that's not what a title, that's not what a championship loss is supposed to do. It's supposed to be about the winner, not about the loser. It just and depends thought, on who they have set up for him, right? Yeah. You know, like, well, that's true. But I think when it's nobody, so to set up, there's nobody on their roster. I mean, Brock's a huge star. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I'm looking forward to that match. I think it, I think it'll actually be a, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but oh, he's cool. he's not a pure baby face, and he's also not. Um, he does. They don't have like a young new baby fit. They haven't built a young new baby face to take it off Roman, and and it really feel like a passing of the torch. There's nobody. I mean, like, I mean, Roman when he's doing these promos, it's it's now it's, it's at the point where it's kayfabe when he's like, "There's no one on my level." I'm like, yeah, there's nobody in this company on your level. Yeah. What did you think of this, Robert? I liked it. Um, I, I think I got a lot of WrestleMania 14 vibes from this, where this felt like, all right, we're finally pulling the trigger. We're anointing this guy. It also felt like it because knowing how injured Kenny Omega was going into this match and still pulling out this gutsy performance, this will be one of those matches that people go back and talk about for a while. Something memorable happened. I will remember Full Gear 2021 because this was the anointment of, of Hangman Adam Page becoming champion. This was hopefully the start of his main event run going forward. And you can point to this moment in this match and they did play it clean. You know, the, the Bucks were understated in the, all right, we're, we're going to let this happen. Even though like right before I didn't like that Matt Jackson was out there since he did get hit with the concerto, he shouldn't have been returning, but I get you needed them for this emotional payoff here. You didn't screw the crowd out of the finish. The audience took the ride with the wrestlers. Kenny Omega lost. It was an undisputed loss. It felt like, all right, we are now 100% behind Hangman Adam Page, and this is our guy going forward. And I applaud a company for doing that and doing it full-throated. We have saw it with, with Big E. Big E won the title in this way where they felt like they just kind of handed him the belt because he cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase. It doesn't feel like he's the champion or the company is behind him. AEW, when someone wins the title, it is important, it feels important, and it feels like a shift in the entire brand with this is now our guy going forward. So uh, for that end, they pulled it off brilliantly. I thought it was a great emotional payoff. And you're right, Mike, when it's something is supposed to happen because it's logical and you get it, it's still satisfying as opposed to any other screwy bullshit that they could have done to overbook this. Yeah, it really felt like a, a, a finale. It felt like the finale yeah. of, a, of a series that you that you really it, to the point where it's like, you know, even in the finale, you go, well, they tied up a little too much in one thing. But that's what a finale is. And like so, so you had this tie up with the Bucks and Hangman. But then you also had when the Dark Order came out, they go to hand him a beer and he swats it away and he hugs them instead. And it's like, you know, you have the conclusion of that story, too. And yeah, this was the polar opposite of their last pay-per-view where the main event was kind of lackluster because they knew they had a bunch of surprises. This was the, our main event was strong enough to close the show and stand on its own without 
you know, here's the main event. And then, oh, no, who's coming out next? You know what? I'll say this, though. Should have had confetti. <laughs> Probably didn't have confetti because a lot of arenas charge you a shitload of money to clean up confetti. Oh, um, wow. Having done these contracts, we, we would charge a lot of money for confetti cleanup, and they probably didn't want what to fucking, uh, spend it. What a Florida Panthers scam. Yeah, also, oh, um, I, I, I was at a show that had confetti fall at the end of it. Someone won a title. I forget who. But what happens is during the show, like random pieces of confetti will fall. Yeah. And so the main event is ruined for you because at least three pieces of confetti will slip and fall from the scene. Yeah. No, you're I mean, right. it's AEW, so I'm surprised they <laughs> yeah. have conf- confetti made out of thumbtacks. Um, <laughs> there probably was supposed to be confetti and they fucked it up and it didn't release. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jericho you used it on his bus. <laughs> What'd you think of this match, Dan? I mean, you know, story of the year, right? I mean, there's not even a, a you know, originally I was like, well, Edge and Seth was really good on WWE. I thought, I mean, I still think it's great. It was a great story. But, uh, you know, what they did with this with this story was incredible. And I mean, I'm not sure we'll get to the Scotty Meltzer, you know, ratings now. And, you know, like I, I'm going to give it 4.75 flaming bowling pins out of five just because. What, the whole show? Or? The whole show. Yeah, yeah, the whole show. I got to give it the 0.25 off because I thought the FTR finish was stupid and some of the Jericho match dragged. But other than that, you know, it was pretty much a perfect show, right? I mean. Yeah, I, 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 dude, I have to give it a five. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, what the fuck are you giving fives to? That's really? what I mean. Yeah, I'll just say five. Yeah, it, fuck it. it. I'll just it say was five. just a. Like, it felt good, man. It. Uh, yeah, it just. It. It felt like a company that's on a roll, as opposed to all out. That felt like a company that has arrived. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool to see that uh, they're capable. Yeah, yeah sure. sustainability is much more like exciting in a way. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we fulfilled the promise we made. I'll, I'll go four and a half, uh, because yeah, the the Cody match, the 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 women. Oh match, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to four point seven five. Yeah, it's not I mean, five. Dude, it's not I mean, five when there's a Cody match and that FTR finish was that fucked up and yeah, and it's not and, and I mean. Dude, the Lambert thing—we we knew it was going to end with Jericho beating Lambert. They could have done it in ten minutes. Uh, so uh, I'll go four and a half. But this this to me was my favorite show that they've done. Uh, Robert, yeah, I echo everything Mike said. I would go to four and a half. I, every every match and segment, there, there was nothing on here that was objectively bad to have to sit through. The the Cody stuff, obviously, we didn't like. The FTR match felt a little lacking. The women's match went on for way too long. But overall, I saw somebody post where they're like, this felt like an Attitude Era show where every segment, the people were over, the storylines were clicking, and everybody was into it. And the crowd absolutely loved it. The main event delivered. The opening match was one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, I, I, it was it was a, a home run of a show. So I, I would say, yeah, uh, 4.5 is, is definitely uh, right in the right range for flaming Scotty Meltzer bowling pins. All right. And then we'll go to Dynamite. I don't want to go like we, we took a long time on this review and we should have. So I think we should just like gloss over this quickly as kind of like an epilogue to the show Saturday. Um, you know, they the only debut Saturday was Jay Lethal and he mm. defended against Guevara. Dude, um, he killed it. He killed, that uh, match was great, dude. That, that match was, was, dude. Also, Sammy just going like, 
oh, the four pillars and that match that Darby and MJF had and just trying to kill himself out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was an amazing. awesome main event, man. And then we, you know, we had, uh, you know, Kenny's going to take some much needed time off. Uh, the super elite are going to hold down the fort. Um, Brian immediately, you know, he's he's the challenger to Hangman Page. I, I thought it was great that they opened with, um, you know, Page. It's his hometown. Just fucking give the people what they want. Well, and also how rare, right? They they do not they open with matches, AEW. Yeah. And so to open with a segment, but it's like, oh, no, it's Hangman's coronation. And it's like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. It makes yep. sense, yeah. And because they're also still at the point, which thankfully, like, you know, title changes mean something and they don't happen a lot. So it is it is a yeah. momentous yeah. occasion. And I mean, you know, my thing, I thought this was a really good show. Um, you definitely had some of the ooze seeping back that wasn't there in the last month because you had full stories. I mean, here comes you mean the Matt Hardy. Love. Here comes 2.0. Um, you know, here comes the butcher who played. Uh, I, you're wrong about 2.0, man. That, the, the gimmick of like this guy is my son is hilarious. Yeah, if I would say so, if Danny had any personality and played along with it, but he doesn't. <laughs> it's almost funnier that he doesn't. Yeah, though. it's hilarious that this <laughs> is. It doesn't, the, it doesn't feel like a choice. Weird, it feels, it's it feels like, like they just know like how. this older. It just feels like this older caddy gay couple, you know, who has this like killer <laughs> yeah. son that oh, they own the best people. man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of heel Brian Danielson. I always love him when he's a heel because he's so good in that role. Um, I love the subtle shift of I love I love the subtle shift of what he was saying. The fact that he name dropped WrestleMania because he knew that he was going to get booed for it was a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Uh, this dude is so good at wrestling. I enjoyed an evil Uno match, which I didn't think was possible, and I'm excited to see him wrestle Colt Cabana because uh, Colt posted on Twitter today. He's letting him use footage from the Wrestling Road Diaries, which is my favorite version of heel Brian Danielson, where it's real Brian Danielson talking about going from city to city, giving the same farewell speech because it's all a show and it's not he doesn't mean it. And he can just oh, turn wow. on the emotion. It's super fun. Uh, MJF was by far the star of this show. The post full gear promo, they had him cut in the back. The emotion, the way he played the beats with CM Punk coming out there. And letting the crowd just dictate what was going to happen from the, you know, initial shock to the holy shit chant to the shut the fuck up chant. It was it was perfect and, and masterful and a great way of introducing that um, Darby being stuck with the gun club and then just being like, fuck it, I'll fight the gun club was was unintentionally hilarious. And uh, yeah, the main event was a hell of a lot of fun, though. I'm still a little skittish on them bringing in Jay Lethal just because they've managed to be really smart about avoiding guys that have baggage. And there's a lot of Jay Lethal baggage. And, and Punk was asked about it during the post full gear thing if he knew that uh, Jay Lethal was there because there were allegedly, you know, some things that transpired between AJ uh, and, and Jay Lethal. And Punk uh, was like, Oh yeah, that they said, and that was part of the reason WWE wouldn't touch Jay Lethal for a while was because there were these, uh, you know, supposed uh, allegations back during their relationship that things were not all sunshine and roses. And Punk said he did not know Jay Lethal was going to be there. So, you know, that to me is it's it was a great match, but it, it's a little risky when you have all this goodwill to bring someone in that does have a couple of quasi Me Too stories out there about him. 
I mean, look, I mean, like, you know, everything is a case by case basis, but yeah. you know, people can change and he's a hell of a wrestler. So, you know, you hope it works out and you hope it works out too, because, you know, as far as representation on that show, you know, like he's a black guy that like is, you can push to the top. You know what I mean? As far as just talent, like Scorpio, there's a little, you know, personality wise, it's like, there's something lacking and the other guys are just super young right now. They'll get there. Um, but he's like a guy you can kind of pass the torch to, but yeah, I mean, all those without a doubt that the other stuff has to be considered. Yeah. I also think in terms of diversity, it's like maybe have a diverse group of personalities, you know, like he, yeah. he he's a creep and okay. That's diverse. You hire four creeps cause they're people too. No. <laughs> yeah. We need to hire a murderer. We need yeah. To hire, let's hire Carol. Yeah. Beth. This company's got to be diverse, baby. Come on. Well, that's why they, that's why they put the women's segment some at nine. In here. That's why they put it at nine, not nine thirty, to try to hide it from Jay Lethal. <laughs> He's like at nine twenty-five. He's like hanging out in Gorilla. Where are they? No, they already wrestled. Oh shit. Oh man. <laughs> oh no, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. If the women's spot becomes the black guy spot, I will. I will stop watching AEW. <laughs> you and Hulk Hogan. No, no, Scott. Scott, we'll call it out. You'll say we're wrong. I'll deny it. Say my girlfriend agrees. <laughs> say my girlfriend agrees and you'll shut up. Yes. You're like, I, you're like, I let hate I let Jay Weasel hit my girlfriend last week. Yes, it'll be the it'll be the dark match of the show. But uh... Dude, I didn't get to talk about how awesome everything was. Let's talk about okay, so this God. Dan Brian thing, right? Now Dan Brian. <laughs> I said the damn, the damn, the damn. Oh, and you Scott. said the Dan Brian. I'm like, all right, all right, JR. Scott, let me let me just let me just say uh we're we're an hour 40 minutes into the show, and at I least know, 40 minutes much. of you is saying how awesome everything is. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but man, I, I don't was even... basically like what would happen if Ain't It Cool News became a person. No, because <laughs> think dude, think about that Brian promo. So he comes out, okay. Rewatch it, watch it while I'm saying this. This is a watch along right now. He comes out. He says, I just want to congratulate you. That's a nice thing. He goes, if I'm being honest, I wished it was Omega. And he said it like that. He didn't say it snarky. He said, if I'm being honest, he kind of like backed down when he said it. Because, yeah, of course he would say that, right? Omega and him fucking tied. He wants to be able to break that tie. He wants to beat that guy, right? And then Hangman takes offense to that because I don't know why. That's not Brian's problem, though. And Hangman goes, yeah, well... Uh, I actually beat his ass and I did it in under 30 minutes. And then Brian was like, oh, so now you're talking shit. So then he was like, well, fuck you and fuck your state. I thought that was awesome. He's not a heel. He's just the guy he's been since he came in. He's like, I don't want to help young guys. I want to kick people's asses. And then he walks out there and it's like, Ew, well, fuck you. And then the, you yeah, know, I mean, Mike, like, I know he's you baby face to me when he holds evil Uno and yells at the crowd, I'm going to kick this guy's fucking face. I love how Scott's <laughs> recap was like Michael Pena and Ant Man. Like he's playing all the characters and talking really fast. It was perfect. <laughs> then he, and then he so says good. he's going to kick in the head of every Dark Order member. He's not a heel. <laughs> Dude, 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 ready? Oh no! Look what he's doing to Alan Angels. Uh, sorry, Daniel Bryan. I think uh, I think Little Caesars already did that when they raised the price of breadsticks fifty cents. Dude, and this goes beyond great booking. This feud now. This is serendipity. I mean, God wants AEW to succeed. So, so it was in Hangman's hometown. So of course Bryan's gonna get booed. Next week it's in Chicago Cabana. So of course he's gonna be. Get this. The week after. Atlanta, he'll probably fight Alan Angels. How fucking cool is this? 
all these people's hometowns, you know? What a coincidence. uh, It's not like it's scripted. No, but no, but to plan that out, I mean, if that's also scripted, I mean, I will say this is that has to be just coincidence. Beautiful WWE thing of like just fucking beating somebody at their hometown. That's just not going to fly anymore. The ratings went up for AEW this week and the ratings for WWE went down. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I will say I love this show except for the Christian promo was reason why you have writers in wrestling. Because like I was like that whole Jurassic Express Christian, I was like, I've never seen a segment where it's like they got such a great match the night before. And I'm like, you guys are ruining it by this lame ass fucking promo. But that's a minor complaint that that and Andrade's promo was terrible because it was like he'd never he didn't watch full gear like you lost, dude. You didn't prove that you're better than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking that was about? Super weird. Hey, so also the punk MJF thing. I mean, there's no way punk isn't going to get booed at points in this feud. Well, when they go to Long Island, yeah, he's going to get booed out of the building. Well, that'll be interesting. I don't know. that That'll be an interesting. Do you think he'll do it like Bret Hart? Like uh, where it's yes. like, this is actually where I'm loved? From what yeah. I understand, Max yeah. has been doing interviews in the local market in Long Island as a babyface promoting this show. That's interesting. Okay. So they are priming the, they're, they're chumming the water to make sure that Max gets cheered in oh, Long wow. Island and make it like this uh, yeah. Bizarre I world. love that, that guy, man. That guy I is so that. smart. That guy, first off, he burns everybody in these promos, right? Where he's like vicious. And then he was on somebody's show and they're like, well, what do you think about Roman Reigns' comments? He goes, well, you know, I don't agree with them, but I may work with them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't dude, wanna... he's the best. By the way, how... <laughs> like, but... He always like, he's very nice to like certain WWE guys, which is both kayfabe and a shoot because he may work there. I do have to do this for the Forbidden Dorks listening. We're an hour, 45 minutes in. Scott has lost his mind 20 times, and we haven't even brought up that Ishii is on the show. That's how much shit has happened. That wasn't that crazy, but... Well, they fucked that up. I'll I'll talk about that. Dude, 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 also, fucking... Just the way... The way Punk towered over him, by the way, kind of almost made him a heel by default, where... What's going to happen is Punk is going to be shit-talking a kid. MJF's a kid, and you're going to get that feeling. And MJF and Punk are so honest on the mic that MJF is going to be honest and say, like, you're a dick, and people are going to have to agree uh, half the time. So (laughs) it's going to be like The the real problem is that in real life, uh, from all, from all, like, from all accounts, uh, we've we've like heard that CM Punk is kind of a dick and MJF is actually a nice guy. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. like when their real personalities shine through, you kind of get like, it's, it's, it's messy, you know? Oh man. Also the, uh, there's a promo. I don't think they showed it on dynamite, but right a- after the King, uh, the Kingston uh, match uh, it's on YouTube where Punk is saying like, you know, like people need to step up uh, because I'm slowly remembering who the fuck I am or something like that. And it's, it was so cool. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to turn heel much faster than we think. And I don't think MJF's turning face at all. No, no, no. But this is not going to be a, uh, a face versus heel feud. This at all. will be a face versus heel match, but if you're right. He's going to turn, he's going to turn heel within the year. I think within a I year. Think it's, I think it's going to be very sticky, but in an entertaining way. I think so, so to be clear, punk, point. Brian, Andrade, Malachi Black, and Miro are all heels. How is no, that not, not a stable? Well, but they're but and that's the thing. And I I texted uh, earlier where it's like this company is kind of becoming what Tony Khan said he wanted initially, which was like more of like oh, it feels like real fighters fighting. And 
the fact that they're all kind of dicks uh, and not anybody is just a face or just a heel. I go like, oh, well, it feels at least more authentic. Yeah, I mean, even Hangman, they gave him, I mean, he's been nothing but a white meat baby face since he fucked over the Bucks. Yeah, but. man, but Hangman, yeah, Hangman shit talks and Hangman, you know, obviously a big thing is he has his weaknesses. That's like All this right. whole fucking uh, thing. Here's, here, here's an executive decision because we, we are going very long. We're going long, Mike, but up to be fair, we have no episode next. We, when we, we, have, our, we have our Patreon. Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I, what I think we should do is we should do our Survivor Series picks at the front of next week's episode. Oh, I I'm into we that. A fake draft. Like a What's snake. That? I thought we were doing a snake draft, right? Well, the draft, yeah. I think, oh. I, I think we should. Push yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We could do that. Yeah, that sounds good. More work. So we'll open, we'll open next week's show with that. And then we'll do the roast of Teddy Harden, CM Punk. And I will, because I asked the, the Twitterverse for their thoughts on what Survivor Series teams they would have and what names. We'll do that next week, too. So we'll do all the Survivor Series stuff next week. Um, and you guys are also going to review it on, on, on your Patreon, right? On something of sports entertainment, we're going to break down uh, Survivor Series because I believe yeah. I'll be watching it uh, on, on TV. Dan, I think you're going to be there live. Me so we'll get Scott, two different I believe perspectives. we're going to be going as long as these tickets work out. Oh, dude, it's so funny to me that, uh, that we're going and it just feels like I'm like meeting you at a, at a bar. Like it doesn't feel like anything. Yeah, it feels like you know? I'm getting dinner with a friend. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like being like, hey, I might be two hours late. Is that cool? Survivor Series has always been my, my favorite pay-per-view. And, you know, I think that the brand split was good in the beginning and now it's, you know, they need to switch it up again. But so I'll be, I know, I know once I sit down, I'll be like, I'm at live wrestling. Dude, There's I think really we're going to get, I think we're going to get some awesome moments. In yeah. Time. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you some, get the same Roman big, a star, Becky's a star. There's, you know, you still get to see fun people. And, and, and you and never know, man, that. maybe the rock, maybe the rock, right? Maybe. And, 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 and I doubt it, but I mean, like SmackDown is a good show. Like, as much as people we dump about raw and we, and sometimes we dump on where the NXT is headed, like SmackDown has consistently been a pretty good show for the past year. And I know this is a guy who's watched all of the shows guys, all of them. All right. Uh, we gotta do the, we hate ourselves tournament. Awesome. Should we do that next week too. <laughs> sure. Let's do that next week because I got to do my Randy Orton jokes. We got to do high spot, low spot, right? That is that is correct. Yeah. So do you? Sorry, Randy to all you tuned in to hear about Naked Midian this week. You're going to yeah. have to wait another yeah, week for the Thanksgiving I mean, episode. Look, look, if, look, if, look. If, if we're going to talk Naked Midian, we should also do the week in America that honors a turducken. So you know, it's <laughs> very by, similar. By the way, the, the more Scott praises AEW this week, the more we talk about stuttering Matt Morgan next. <laughs> <laughs> we we now have a full show next week <laughs> yeah we do we do we actually have a full show yeah, yeah uh, dude, let's well, not well, give it to the can I, can I just go through my bright side of randy let me just see if you guys you guys probably hit all this shit but um you know amazing in the ring amazing promo great matches with foley taker legacy <laughs> punk brian Dan. uh yeah we hit it <laughs> all right all right uh, you guys talked about the black lives matter thing i'm guessing no what? Oh, you didn't? Well, no, Randy well, was one no, of. We the talked f- about him saying the N word while playing Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know this in the coolest way ever, though. Well, like what, no one. What even- the, uh, we knew it. We just didn't talk about it because. Well, one know. of the things that Randy did is like during the her George Floyd thing, he was like one of the only rest. Like he said, you know, he 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 said Black Lives Matter, and with him, man, 
that was actually genuinely a risky thing to do. Like, obviously, it, we're in comedy, so like us saying it, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? But like, or anywhere else in entertainment. But Randy doing it was kind of ballsy, I thought, for for you know knowing his fan base and shit. Um, I mean, to know that he got ugly stares from Jackson Riker in the locker room after that. Yeah, it was like the, it was like the man standing in front of the tank at Tiananmen Square. <laughs> <laughs> and then he RKO's the tank. Yeah, <laughs> I know where. I've I've loved his heel stuff the pe- since like I've I've enjoyed him as a face, but his heel run before this was fantastic. And just some kayfabe accomplishments, guy. Baltimore Sun and Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year twice for Wrestler of the Year. Baltimore Pen- Sun Wrestler of the Year. <laughs> I, I just want to say, Dan, it sounds like you're still doing your bright side stuff because you think he's gonna listen and you want him to love you. <laughs> or at you least know, not some, kick your some, ass at Barclays. Ten-time WWE champion, four-time world champion, IC champion, United States champ, three-time uh, tag champion. Oh my gosh, that's three not time. a bright side. That's just your Wikipedia. All right, let me get to the road. Like, unless you're making phone calls and like jotting down in a journal this information, I don't want to hear. Just, it. just, just tell <laughs> you your didn't earn that know. information that you're saying. I like All the right. person who thinks he's tuning in for the first time, who doesn't know who Randy Orton is, and like, tell yeah. me about Randy Orton and why I should care. All right, well, let me do these jokes. Father now. of three, <laughs> husband of a beautiful wife. <laughs> Human being. That is true. <laughs> Breather of air. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Randy Orton, one of my favorites. The roast of Randy Orton. Billy Graham once told Randy Orton to go where no wrestler has ever gone before. So he shit in an actual toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy looks like a gay porn star, but one that says no homo when you blow him. Uh, he's an original who only appears in WWE sequels. As as a Marine, he received a dishonorable discharge for going AWOL, a problem that WWE still has with Randy after he reads their creative. <laughs> Randy is proof that if you take your dick out randomly, you better be handsome. I'm just saying, Louis C.K. could be 24-7 champion right now. <laughs> usually after usually after a wrestler uh, exposes themselves to the writing staff, they rename him Bearcat. Uh, Rand- Randy, because, you know, exposes character. All right, that was terrible. Randy was a member of the <laughs> OVW4, which were like if the AEW pillars could see an R-rated movie without their parents. <laughs> he was known as a wrestling prodigy which is kind of like being a chess prodigy, but with even more anti-Semitism. I hear voices in my head. Is that Randy Orton's theme or a Chris Nowinski study? (laughs) His feud for Mania 25 started after Triple H kissed Stephanie. I mean, after Randy kissed Stephanie and uh, wouldn't thank... And then wouldn't and then try. Triple H was happy that somebody was fucking Stephanie. And by by the way, you could have you could have communally bombed an hour ago. Now you're just bombing alone. <laughs> <laughs> he shit the bed at WrestleMania 25. But to be fair, he thought it was a bag. <laughs> yes, he's been accused of shitting in people's bags. But who knows, right? I'm backstage at WWE and somebody shit in my bag. Who could it be besides everybody who works here? <laughs> he he was in uh, the Condemned, which are wrestlers forced to work a program with the Fiend. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of the Fiend, he used to hook up with Bray Wyatt's baby mama. 
I'm not saying you're a bad boyfriend, but if the next guy your ex dates looks like what would happen if Dr. John fucked Beetlejuice, then maybe there's a problem. He has the tattoos of a stripper that's pregnant with a Sacramento Kings baby. Cena, awesome. Randy, awesome. Cena versus Randy, maybe I hate wrestling. <laughs> Randy got heat for saying Eddie was in hell, but if you think that's bad, you don't want to know the wrestlers he thinks are in heaven. now that randy is a legend he's no longer a legend killer which is now the gimmick for dark side of the ring (laughs) and finally orton is proof of the praise wrestlers get for doing the bare moral minimum he said black lives matter on twitter man if he gets through the year without killing his wife nobel peace prize (laughs) all right those are my jokes that was great man that was awesome Oh um, man! Uh, by by the way, we still had an appearance from Stuttering Matt Morgan in the middle. Of- <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, here's a funny thing about Matt Morgan, which we're probably not going to mention this next week. Uh, I guess he's like really good friend. Like he used to party with Matt Gates a lot. So as soon as this like underage shit happened, he took all his Matt Gates photos down, <laughs> like them hanging out. Oh man! Uh, so let's end this with high spot, low spot. Let's kind of lightning round it uh quickly i'll go high spot um they announced the new wwe 2k22 game and it looks fucking good um so yeah i'm excited about that uh robert uh my high spot was the during the mjf promo when he pointed out the bidding war in 2024 when his contract is up both because it's a great heel move and also because i can't wait to see him in wwe are you gonna broker that deal robert kayfabe Robert, he's like an entire two feet shorter than CM Punk. It's not happening. He's going to be a great manager of Lashley. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, man. Well, um, Lashley has a great entrance. What, what did you think, uh, Dan? Uh, what's your high spot? Oh, high spot. Well, obviously full gear, but shout out. I mean, this is not This is like pro wrestling adjacent. If, if you guys, like guys beating the fuck out of each other, I saw – the Don uh, Fry Takayama fight for the first time. Has anybody else seen this? Yeah. Mike, you've seen it. It's the greatest fight of all time. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, these guys, there's no defense. They are just fucking punching each other in the face for like eight minutes straight. Please, please watch it. It's, it's better than Full Gear in the Survivor Series put together. That's how good this is. Uh, what, what, what's your high spot, Scott? Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I, dude, I have to say full gear. I'm sorry. Yeah. Full gear. All right. We're sorry. We don't have time for Scott's specific praise on the show. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go overboard. So, uh, low, low spot, Scott. Oh, okay. So my low spot is it's not okay. So Kenny Omega is going to be gone for a while because of this, you know, he needs like a few surgeries, like shoulder surgery hernia surgery knee surgery some shit right um and he'll be gone till maybe february and of course that's a low spot but um this is something that he's been working through my real low spot is chris dickinson so dude how many people this past weekend did frog splashes uh in honor of eddie he fucked himself up and chris dickinson did one and like popped his hip out or something and uh Christ, he's going to be gone for maybe seven months or something it i mean it could be something that ends careers it's just really a matter I mean, of how you know, he's, he's not he's not young 
No, I mean, but he it is awesome. To Eddie. And it's it's just uh it's a bummer. But I do know that he already got the surgery and he was already moving around and uh he tweeted that you know doctors you know said they were you know impressed or whatever and he said that uh like you know he'll sell a lot but he's not gonna sell for this uh for this or something. Well, well yeah, but like when the radicals debuted and and Eddie did the frog splash. He went up. He went up injuring himself, and he was on the shelf for a while. Oh wow! So it's a it's a dangerous move. But here's the thing: if if, if Dickinson gets really hurt now, when people do it, they're like, "I'm tributing Eddie, not Chris Dickinson." <laughs> uh, Chris is a very talented guy. He's, I I had the pleasure of calling one of his matches, and I'll never call a match again. All right. Dan never calling a match again is another high spot. Uh, no. uh, what's, your, what's your low spot, Dan? Low spot. I'm using our low spot to advertise our Patreon. Our low spot is a man who I picked last year as announcer of the year, Kevin Kelly, whose opinion I respected. Oh, I'm so glad you're saying this, dude. Describing QT like he's Randy fucking Orton or Kenny Omega, or Roman Reigns, it's baffling. Kevin Kelly, who's, who's Kevin, who, like, I love, is like, I don't think, I think he's my, he may be my favorite commentator of all time, Scott. Like, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure he's up there, but, like, what he was saying about QT in this documentary, and we're going to get into it, is fucking madness. Yeah, I did not say that, but we, we will be reviewing The Wrestler, which is free on Tubi, and it is about QT Marshall. Um Robert, what's your low spot? That I mean, you just, said, you just said my high spot of the year when you're like, there's a QT Marshall documentary. I'm like, what? And then it was an hour and like 15 minutes of you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I, I, <laughs> this Patreon this week will be worth the, the money, folks. I promise you. My low spot this week comes from Monday Night Raw, which is not much of a surprise. The main event of Raw was Bobby Lashley versus Rey Mysterio, two legends. Bobby Lashley starts coming out at 10.30. The match starts at 10.47. They Dude, that's did every s- Roman Reigns match no, on SmackDown. No. Scott, they did 17 minutes of filler of yeah, his entrance, commercial. Ray's entrance, commercial. Full SmackDown recap, then main event. I have never seen WWE waste that much television time. Almost 20 minutes where literally nothing fucking happened and i've that's written that down every time i've watched smackdown it's they've every never, roman reigns match i've never had something i've like written this, it down i've written it, yeah. dude, he well, came out at 31 minutes and a match started at 47 he he came out at 31 minutes and the match started at 47 minutes once this was this was yeah. inexcusable where literally there, nothing happened and it was a complete yeah, and total waste of time it, it, it's, it's crazy because you could watch you could watch smackdown and then rampage right after rampage always gets three matches in Sometimes four, and a match is always starting at like 10.01, 10.02. And here it's like the fucking tribal chief comes out and it takes 15 fucking minutes. Oh, I'm sorry I spent too long looking at Michelangelo's David, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say my, my, my low spot is we, we have not talked about this, but tony niece for the last few weeks because we i i i I feel bad that i didn't mention this but the first time i think they showed tony niece was when lance archer had that very very uh awful um mistake which 
I think he's recovering from and is hopefully okay. But I remember like his, he hurts himself doing like a moonsault and then they just cut to Tony Nice, and then they like cut to him again last night. And it, it doesn't feel like he's a free agent. It just feels like he's a fan in the crowd. <laughs> yes, they're going to give him a neon green shirt and put him in the front row. I would actually, yeah, I'd love it if they just never introduced him. Yeah. It just, it just, just feels like Tony needs once every two weeks in the audience. It just feels like the most unspectacular. Like it, it feels like he's waiting to talk to, to Tony Khan and he never gets a chance to. <laughs> Bro, if I had a wrestling company, the first thing that I would do is by a year, but like put Greg the Hammer Valentine on the payroll and just put him in the audience all the time. <laughs> so like every time there's a B roll, you just cut to Greg. <laughs> like we'll be absolutely miserable and bored. <laughs> oh man, dude, this is a fun fucking show, big beefy show that we had. Yeah, we are going to be reviewing oh uh, QT Marshall as the wrestler on Patreon this week. Uh, something to sports entertainment. We'll cover Survivor Series. And all that stuff. And uh, next week, we are now doing <laughs> Show in Hell, Naked Midian versus Stuttering uh, Matt Morgan. Uh, and we're giving our uh, Survivor Series uh, snake draft picks and reading your team names. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, and also and the punk roast and the... Uh... Yeah, and the, yeah, we're and we're going to replay the punk roast and Teddy Hart roast. And I want to say that... That's going to be like a two and a half hour episode. Oh, no, dude. We're keeping what we just said we're going to say very short. Yeah. And also, also, (laughs) I mean, I just want to say to anyone whose answer might have been read this week but doesn't get read next week because one of the wrestlers they picked died, I apologize. (laughs) Uh, Dan, you got anything to plug? Um, Our show. um, And... uh... Yeah, man. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. All right. Scott? Uh, Scott underscore Chaplin uh, on Twitter and Instagram and also WrestleRose on Twitter. By the way, Dan hasn't processed. We're still doing new content for the Thanksgiving show. Uh, (laughs) Robert? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at WWE creative underscore ISH, the Facebook group during full gear. There were over 250 comments on the thread. It was awesome to see people interacting with it. The, the forbidden dork community is, is great. Again, there's going to be the, uh, the black Friday sale for pro wrestling tees. If you buy a shirt, one of us is going to give you a call. I called one of the forbidden dorks this, this past week. We talked for, about 45 minutes about variety of wrestling stuff. And it was, uh, it was dope. So uh, when that sale comes out, get yourself a shirt, send us a picture. One of us give you a call. Nobody's ever asked to talk to me before. I will, I will talk to to talk to me either doing an impression of the person you rather talk to. Um, so let me I, talk to uh, you. I'm at, people uh, who Mike like Mark Scott on the show can't afford shirts. <laughs> I'm at no, that's make you feel comedy. bad, but I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm at Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram, and you can see in my various social media uh, the end of my full gear party where I took the belt off the Kenny Omega action figure and put it on the Hangman Page action figure. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, and then your nurse said, Time for bed, Michael. <laughs> uh, I also love that you know, we talk about the, the shirts for the call. I saw online for, for uh Alvarez for like their Brian and Vinny show to be a guest 
post on there. They were auctioning off a spot. It's going for $4,500. So oh my God. Dan, Dan how did you get that much money? And could you have found something better to do with it? Wait a minute. Should we, can we do that for our show? <laughs> Wait, Dan, Dan, was your family emergency just you doing that show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, my dad fell, but. Um... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, it's, it's, he's, he's doing okay. Like a hearty um, fall? What type of name yeah, a wrestler he, like, fall? My dad, my dad like put a, put a finger to his head and goes, went, I'm loco. And then he jumped <laughs> off the shed. Yeah, was, it, was it a Jeff fall or a Matt fall? Or a Vince <laughs> Quad it fall? It was a very Matt. It was a, it was a, it was a Matt getting the business from Reba. Rebby fall. Whatever the fuck her name is. Right, it was man. a Nash yeah. fall. <laughs> that has been our show. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Zach, final words? Wash your hands.